0: Welcome back to the Type 1 Tribe Podcast. This is your host, Samantha Hildebrandt. Today, I am speaking with Emily Buong. She was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes as a baby. So listen in, hear her story of living with type 1 diabetes basically her whole life. It's a really, really good conversation that we had. So let's get into it.
1: Hi Emily. Hello, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. How
1: are you? I'm good. Thank you. Awesome. Where are you based? I'm in Perth, Western Australia. So we have a bit of a time difference at the moment, but (laughs) luckily I'm a night person. You're a morning person.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. You're up really late and I'm up really early. So (laughs) that's what you have to do. Yeah. Is that where you're from?
1: Yes, I am. I've lived here my whole life.
0: That's awesome. I've never been to Australia, but I really want to come one of these days.
1: It's, it's, I reckon it's the best place to live. There's yeah. beaches, nice people, the lifestyle is really chill. So it's a pretty good place to live.
0: It's just a long travel time. It's like 24 hours. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a long time for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to get there. I'm like, okay. To <laughs> that out. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for fun?
1: Um, For fun. I love to eat and I love to run. So Um, I feel like those hobbies balance each other out well, Um, (laughs) but yes, I've really got into running since um, probably 2018. Before that, I was not a runner at all, Um, but now I do it for fun, which is weird. (laughs)
0: It is weird when you start running, you're like, wait, I like this. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ran any races?
1: Yeah, I've done the New York Marathon in 2019, uh, just before COVID. So that was lucky because the year after it was cancelled. So that was sort of the big event that I've done. And then I've just done like a couple of half marathons and 12Ks and things like that. Okay, great. Uh, So what do you do for work? I'm a high school teacher. Um, So I'm a science teacher by trade, but at the moment I'm, I'm doing special needs. So Okay, amazing Lots of variety in my job, but it's very rewarding.
0: Yes. I was going to say, thank you for all your hard work. Cause I know, I know some days it's probably not easy. So
1: right, it's very emotionally draining, probably the most rewarding sort of field of teaching, I think.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your type one diabetes diagnosis story.
1: Well, I was diagnosed as a baby. So everything I know is from my mom. Um, I was only 14 months old and I was a very active baby. And all of a sudden I was just super lethargic. I was wetting through all my nappies and kept asking for more bottles. And my parents knew something was wrong because I just didn't want to, you know, play with my toys or my brother or anything. So they took me to the doctor and he ran a whole bunch of tests and just eventually said it was just a virus. I just needed to rest for a couple of days and it would get better but over the next 24 hours I got actually a lot worse and it got to the point where I was just sleeping pretty much all day and so mum called the emergency hotline and they said you know you need to bring her to the hospital straight away and she took me there and pretty much so said if you had waited much longer you know you would have lost her so oh, it was so traumatic for mum um, I went straight to the ICU. I was super dehydrated. So they had to wrap me in a blanket to get my veins to be able to put a IV in, which was horrible for mom and dad. And then I stayed in there for about two weeks while they learned everything that they needed to know about how to take care of a little baby with type 1. And that was it. And when they went back to the doctor and said, you know, you did all these tests. Like, how how did you miss this? you must have tested her blood sugar, all the results had mysteriously gone missing. So
0: yeah, oh. it was a
1: bit, of a, a bit of a traumatic diagnosis for my parents. Luckily, I don't remember it, but yeah, very strange.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, your poor parents. I can't even imagine that happening, especially yeah. if you have type one in your family at all.
1: No, I was the first one.
0: Oh, that's even scarier because then you're like, I don't even know what this is. Like, oh my yeah, god, I had
1: no idea, yeah.
0: Oh, I feel bad for your parents. I mean I feel bad for you too, but it's it's sometimes it's harder being a parent because
1: you're not the one living with it, you know what I mean? I know. And my dad when I was growing up and I would cry a lot about being different and I could see how much it upset him and he I remember he used to just say to me, like, I wish I could take this from you. Like I'd I would do anything to take this instead of you, but I can't. So yes. Yeah, it's it's oh. horrible for my parents, but I'm so lucky that they're so supportive and They've tried to make my life as normal as possible, which I really appreciate.
0: Do you know if you, like, were you sick before that? Do they remember you ever having, like, an illness Um, or anything like before?
1: No, I was super healthy. I think the people in the hospital said that my diagnosis was triggered by a virus. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think maybe it was a flu or something. But other than that, I was super healthy.
0: Oh, that's so crazy how that works. So you don't know life without type 1 diabetes?
1: No, I don't. And in a way, I think I'm grateful that I never had to have that big shock of like my whole life being turned upside down by um, a diagnosis. But there are some days where I wish I could just experience like what it would be like to be normal just for a day, eat whatever I wanted without having to think about it or, you know, go for a run without having to plan three hours ahead. But I guess there's pros and cons of both.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was diagnosed as an adult. I was 29. And oh, I, I oh wow! I mean, I'm glad I was diagnosed as an adult because I think it was easier for me to learn. But at the same time, I'm like, I think yeah. back and I'm like, I used to just be able to eat pizza and not have to worry about it. And yeah. so it bothers me a little bit, yeah. I mean, both ways are bad, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how do you manage your diabetes now? Like, what uh, technology do you use?
1: So, I have a Slim pump and I use the Dexcom G6. Um, I was on control IQ, but I went off it a few months ago and I've actually found it a lot easier to manage just because with control IQ I was being auto suspended a lot and that made the rebound highs a lot harder to get down so my diabetes educator said why don't you just try go back in manual mode and see how you go and literally after two days I was like I don't think I'm gonna go back because this is so much easier. Okay. Which is a bit shocking because when this technology first came out, I thought, oh, this is gonna make life so much easier. But um, I realized I like actually manage it pretty well in manual mode. So is is
0: that because there's like a lag once because I'm on I'm on MDI, so I'm on pens, so I don't know really how it works. Is there like, yeah. a, like cause it, let's say you start going high, your pump notices, like it takes some time for it to start mm. giving you insulin. Is that how that works?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's the lag, but it's also the fact that insulin isn't fast enough yet to be able to, you know, catch up with those things quickly enough. For mm-hmm. me anyway, I think um, I'm really sensitive to basal changes. So in those times where I was trending low, and my pump had been suspended for maybe like an hour. My pump wouldn't realize that I would actually need extra bolus put on when I was eating meals because I had missed the basil beforehand. So it's kind of just like a bit more juggling I found with that system when I could manage it a bit more easy easily in manual.
0: I've heard other people actually say that before too. I know people that are on Omnipod that like the, mm. doing the control themselves as well. Cause they're like, it. sometimes it just goes too high and I can manually do it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. That's it. And I think different things work for different people and even like different phases of my life. When I was at university that worked really well for me, but now I'm more established in my job and things like that. I feel more confident that I can do it manually and sort of do a better job.
0: Sometimes, though, because I, I understand I'm on MDI at night, like in the middle of the night, that's when I wish I had something just automatic because I have to get up, manually give myself insulin, go back to bed. I know. That's the worst part.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. If only there was like a thing we could turn on overnight, that would take care of us.
0: <laughs> that would be so great. Yeah. Because even last night, I actually had pizza and it hit me it seven hours later and my levels yeah. went up. I'm like,
1: this is insane. Oh, no. it's so rude isn't it seven hours seven hours is when you thought you were safe (laughs) oh no worth it though yeah totally worth it
0: (laughs) do you have any like scary low (laughs) stories with type one
1: yeah I think um the scariest low that I've ever had was my first year at university um I was a very nervous very I kind of tried to hide my diabetes then because I was trying to like prove myself I was studying um, physiotherapy so I wanted to appear as very healthy and like strong and capable so at the time I hid everything I had skipped breakfast that morning because I was late for class I had a few things going on and then in the middle of my next class I just like felt so sick so nauseous and they're the dangerous lows, right? Because you feel so sick that you you feel like you can't eat anything. And I didn't recognize that as a hypo. I just thought maybe this is like a stomach bug or, you know, it could have been anything. And I didn't have CGM back then either. So I kind of thought I'm gonna leave uni for the day. I got on the train and all of a sudden, like my vision just started to go black. My field of vision went so small. And I couldn't even like hold myself upright. So I just sat on the train. I tried to look in my bag for glucose tablets, but because I couldn't see very well, that was really hard. I still felt like I was gonna throw up. And I basically got off the train because I thought I can't speak in the train. And I called my mum and said, You need to come and get me. I've I've got off the train. I don't know where I am, but like I'm I'm in trouble and people walking past because it would have looked like I was on drugs or something like I was not you know I was not well I managed to get I think two glucose tablets down and my mum pretty much just drove up the train line that she knew went from our house to the university um, and she found me and sort of just scooped me in the car and took me to emergency and yeah it was just a hypo but I'd never experienced like I had at that point had type one for maybe 22 years but I'd never experienced like that sort of nausea that came with a hypo until then so that was really scary but since then I'm like so grateful for CGM because I can catch lows like that before they get that bad but yeah that was very scary
0: that would be so scary especially if you're alone you're just like oh my god help! oh my god that is so scary and back then it was I know. I'm like I try not to take my CGM for granted because I know back yeah. then, even a few years ago people didn't have them, and you had a prick.
1: Yeah. So did you have a CGM since diagnosis?
0: Yes, they gave it to me. Well, oh I, wow. Yeah, one week after I was diagnosed, I got a CGM.
1: Oh my gosh, that's that's really good.
0: Yes. Yeah, and that's why I'm like yeah. I don't know any other way, in <laughs> Philly, but. It's just, oh my gosh, I can't imagine, especially like even when you were a baby, because I was 20 years before that, like not having the technology that we have now.
1: No, no. And so I was on MDI as well until I was about five. So it was fully manual for my parents. I don't think I slept much for those years. Oh,
0: your your parents are amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a favorite low snack?
1: I love honey. It's my favorite. My diabetes educator always tells me that it's not fast acting enough. But it's just my comfort low snack. Other than that, I love jelly beans, but I find them so hard to like portion control. Like if I have jelly beans and I'm low, I'll eat like 20 and then rebound <laughs> so badly. So I try to stay away from the
0: jelly beans.
1: But yeah, honey is the best. Is
0: it because there's a lot of fat in honey?
1: No, it's just, um, it's actually medium GI, I think. The, the glucose... Molecule is a little bit more complex than simple oh. sugar. So it takes a little bit longer to absorb. But I still find it pretty fast.
0: Yeah. Well that's why I like glucose tablets. Solely because yeah. I know exactly when it's going to hit my body. And so that's why I always keep them with really? me. I know they're just the easiest to predict versus like a, you know, if I were to eat chocolate, I know who really knows when that's gonna hit me.
1: I know. I know and that's so hard right but there's sometimes when you're low and you're like if I have to eat a glucose tablet I will cry like <laughs> sometimes the taste of them it's just they taste like so powdery to me. Uh huh. I can only do Did like the raspberry that? flavor
0: I, any other flavor I'm like oh yeah so that's yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of just depends.
1: Okay fair <laughs> enough yeah.
0: So you said you like to eat do you have any favorite like blood sugar yeah. friendly meals?
1: I love taco bowls and I find because they have like a good mix of protein and like the fat from the cheese and sour cream and the carbs in the rice, like it's quite a slow release meal, which is, I mean, it's good because it doesn't spike quickly, but I do have to watch for the, um, you know, the fat spike a few hours later, but they're like my go-to if I just want something easy and relatively healthy.
0: I agree. Mexican it seems to be like the easiest for me to eat without having to worry too much. Yeah. Like even just yeah, like, like, tacos or anything. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like cuz you get like your little protein, a little bit yeah. of vegetables, like it's all so, it's so perfect. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is and it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think type one diabetes will be like in 10 years?
1: Well, I was actually talking to a friend about this last week because I feel like since I was diagnosed, like they have been promising a cure Mm -hmm. for like, I was diagnosed 26 years ago since then. So I am looking less at a cure and more at easier ways of managing. I think I hope that glucose monitors become smaller, more accurate, longer wear. Um, And then I hope that the closed loop systems with the pumps and things like that become more efficient. Mm -hmm. For that, we'll need faster acting insulin. And we'll probably also need a system that has maybe like some glucose or glucagon to counteract the lows as well so to me I think the future isn't a cure at this stage but it's like improving technology and I think we're on the right track for that it's just going to take some time which is probably the most frustrating thing
0: it's funny you brought up the like glucagon portion because I thought about that too I'm like why do we not already have that that seems like it would be an easy add to start giving us a little bit of glucagon if we start to go low I mean I guess maybe just easy for us to eat sugar but I don't know. I'm like, that seems also like an easy add to it. I
1: know. I also thought about that. I think it might be because of the storage of the glucagon. It can't be stored in the same way as insulin. You know, the glucagon pens, I don't know if it's the same for you guys in America, but in Australia, you have to mix them up right before you use them. Oh, okay. To activate them. So I don't know if it's maybe, it couldn't be stored in a liquid form in a pump. I'm not sure
0: I have something that looks like an inhaler almost and so like somebody could just like oh spray it into my nose and it would work so I don't really yeah it starts with a b best the brand is like best Squamy or something I mean I okay. never I never used it but I, I have two of them like ready to go just in case and yeah you just spray oh it. wow
1: wow that's interesting we don't have that yet you guys um, are ahead of us over there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I'm like I hope I don't ever have to use it but
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, good to have, though.
0: I agree. I don't think there's going to be a cure anytime soon, but I think we're going to get pretty close to like having like a fake pancreas attached to us.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, p- some people have like engineered their own closed loop pumps, um, so really, it's just about the companies getting that technology and making it all above board, which yes, will be exciting. That,
0: that is very exciting. So do you have any yeah. tips for anybody that's recently diagnosed with type 1?
1: I think my biggest tip would just be to go easy on yourself because when you're living with type 1, you're literally comparing yourself to other people but also to yourself in terms of all the metrics that we look at with diabetes, whether that's your timing range or your A1c or even you know your standard deviation it's so easy to get caught in a trap of feeling like you're not doing enough or not making enough progress but you have to remember that this is a lifelong disease that you're never going to get a break from so it's so so normal that you're not going to get it right all of the time and I think that self-compassion is really important in not getting to diabetes burnout so that's what I try to practice for myself it's easier said than done but that's my advice for newly diagnosed people
0: I love it. So good. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it, especially staying up late. Oh, thank
1: you for having me. No worries at all. So nice to chat to you.
0: You too. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode with Emily. I hope you loved it. Make sure to go check out type1tribe.com. We are adding new products this year. So make sure to go check out the website you don't want to miss anything of course so type1tribe.com head over there for all of your type 1 diabetes gifts
1: see ya